Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of uh, Leading from Alignment with our, our good friend, John Opoluski, who is here again to share uh, really a lifetime of wisdom, study, experience. And I think one of the greatest things, John, that you bring is you talk to a lot of people. We all know our stories, but you know all of our stories. And I think that gives you a perspective that really is beneficial. So welcome today. Thank you for coming and being a part of this. Thanks, Jim. You know, you said that I talked to a lot of people. I remember my seventh grade teacher yelling at me at the top of her voice <laughs> to shut up because all I did was talk, talk, talk. And I think she'd be very proud of me right now. You know? All right, let's do this right now because I had the exact same thing, but it was kindergarten through 12th grade. Okay. Anybody that had that same experience that John's talking about, all you have to do is go to the comment section and put a, put a hand up or a thumbs up that lets us know. I'll bet you 70% of our, of our listeners have had that same uh, conversation with Sister Mary Elephant at the front of the class yes. that uh, that yelled at us and all this stuff. Yeah, but hey, we turned out okay, right? I think so. I just ask us, we'll tell you. Humble <laughs> and good looking, it's rare. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about um, being a secure leader. Speaking of being humble and good looking, a secure leader <laughs> is is a rare thing. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, a person that stands up today, especially, is judged by all sides. Yes. Um, people will judge you because you're a man because you're a leader, because your first name's pastor, because you're a woman, because you're not in the kitchen, because, I mean, anything we do today, we are in such a judgmental season of our nation's history that right. to, to think I'm gonna do anything, say anything, stand up in any way and not be openly criticized by almost half the population, it's almost impossible. So being secure in who we are is gonna be a, a real key to success and, and just happiness in life. Yeah, I think so, Jim. You know, King Saul was the crown prince of insecurity. If, you, if you're familiar with the Bible story, he was chosen by God to actually yeah. to be Israel's first king. Yeah. So he was a groundbreaker, right? And uh, the uh, the Bible tells us that he, you know, he had good looks, he had good leadership skills, he had fl- even had flashes of, of of godliness, you know, and spirituality yeah. to yeah. him uh, and giftedness. Uh, but he was painfully insecure. Yeah. And, and his insecure tendencies led to a string of very bad decisions that actually, I think, prematurely ended his sure. life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and God uh, was sorry, you know, that he had made Saul king. Yeah. And, and you're quoting the Bible. That's not your opinion. The Bible says. Right. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I don't want God to say that over any of us. Uh, me either. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's easy to, you know, read about Saul and think, well, he was just a knucklehead, right? You know, I mean, yeah. he, he had everything going for him. Uh, and yet, insecurity ruined it all. But but if really, if we're honest, and we fast forward to the 21st century, there are insecure leaders everywhere in sure. every walk of life. You know, in the business world, in politics, and education, and unfortunately, even in the the church. Yeah. And um, and so I've been thinking about what does a secure leader look like? And can I just say I'm glad you're taking it from that perspective. Because you gave us 27 symptoms of an insecure leader, we're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of saying whatever you do, don't think about penguins. And all of a sudden we get a right. penguin in our mind. We can't help but see a penguin as soon as you hear that word. Like let's just talk about what let's just talk about something that does work and what does a secure leader look like. So from your perspective, hundreds of leaders spoken all over the place. 
You've watched people begin, middle, and end their careers with security, insecurities. What's a secure leader look like? So let me give you one behavior, and and it's this. Secure leaders let others have an opinion contrary to theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you feel threatened when somebody disagrees with you, you you might be insecure. Yeah. (laughs) We're back to the Jeff Fox where they might be a redneck list. You know, if... I think a secure leader doesn't have to rule his team with an iron fist. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, he allows or she allows for debate yeah. and, and the debating of ideas uh, among a, amongst the leadership team that shares the good of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think that that is, uh, that's a sign. Yeah. You're secure that it doesn't, it doesn't freak you out. It doesn't make you feel nervous when there are, is somebody could say, you know, and, and, and respectfully do it, say, I disagree with you on that yeah. particular point, yeah. or I disagree with how you're thinking. And you think that. about the history tells us that President Lincoln purposely put on his cabinet people of opposing points of view so that they could arrive at something that everyone could respect. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like, everybody has to be just like me or or they're fired. It was, it was just the opposite. I want people that are contrary right. to my opinion on my cabinet sitting here making these decisions. I mean, he suffered from it. They, they really disagreed ardently. They weren't used to being disagreed with. But right. in the end, you cannot argue uh, anything less than the success of that administration in completing the war, Emancipation Proclamation, the 13th Amendment. I mean, you talk about right. one, one leadership season in somebody's life, and it's being done by people that disagree with each other, except for on the things that were really worth fighting for. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is a secure leader. Yeah. So let me give you another one. Yeah. Uh, another behavior: secure leaders welcome help from others. Yeah. And let's use pastors as an example because I think um, I can relate to this and connect to this. Uh, you know, if you can give of yourself freely to others, but you struggle with receiving help from others, yeah. that could be a, a signal, yeah. right, that there's some yeah. insecurity there. And and I think a secure leader never outgrows that need to let yeah. trusted people speak into their life. You know, if you if you have mentors speaking into your life, that tells me that you have some level of security there that you're right. you're allowing yourself to to hear from others. Every pastor needs a pastor. Yeah. Needs a mentor, needs a coach. Yep. Um, and secure leaders chase those relationships. Yeah. They 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 take the initiative. Right. They uh, buy the coffee. They set up the time to yeah. talk. Yeah, because I, because I think they understand they're never going to really reach their full potential, uh, leading from a relational island. Yeah, and so I, I think that 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 welcoming of help from other people. I think that relational island. I we don't even know if we are succeeding right from that re- relational great, island. We that's don't, a great point. We're not sure if we're faking it or this is truth. I mean, so many things that I'm doing today, we're pioneering, if you will, again in this ministry after 25 years, it feels like you're number one again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having people in my life, that I can say, have you done this? Have you tried the video thing? How are you doing small groups? What are you, and gleaning from people that are in, in seventh grade, but I feel like I'm in third grade again. You, right. It's a tutor. I, why would you say no to that? But I think I think when they say when the people that I respect say, "Hey, you're doing a great job," it means something different than the guy that doesn't really know. He just wants to say a compliment. Right. So when fathers say, "Atta boy, you're doing something right," you yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Good, yeah. good. So I, I get that one, and I think that one's important. What else? What else do you have for us? Well, here's a third behavior: secure leaders are happy when other leaders succeed. There's a test for the heart, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I struggle with this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to confess uh, to my friend across the table today. 
Jim, I, I'm, a, I'm a competitive guy. You know, I'm not as competitive yeah. as I used to be, mm-hmm. uh, but there's still some seeds of that in me. And so when I hear of another ministry similar to ours that's mm-hmm. just killing it, um, there, is that, there is that competitive part of me that tends to rear up and insecurity tries to reattach itself to me. Yeah. Um, and here's a thought that kind of goes through my mind. Um, I'll never be as successful as they are. Hmm. Or, you know, in a darker moment, <laughs> they must be cutting corners. Yeah, you know, they, that's they must, the one. <laughs> they must be compromising, you know. And yeah. those, those thoughts want to set up shop in my, in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and here's how the Lord's helped me with that, and I'd be curious to, to know if you've had similar experience. I, I remember complaining to the Lord about that one time about a specific ministry, saying, mm-hmm. I'll never be that way. And the Lord said, I didn't call you yeah. to be that person. I've called you to be you. Yeah. His ministry is going to reach people you will never reach. Right. Your ministry is going to reach people he will never reach. Yeah. I need both of you. And, and that was a real freeing moment for me. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective. Yeah, I, I think that sometimes we look at, um, if I were to say, John, would you teach me how to fish? You wouldn't look at the ocean and say, I'm not sure there's enough fish to go around, Jim. Yeah. You say, I enjoy this, and my joy to watch you succeed, to catch a fish bigger than, than my... Th- I think the teacher, the father, the mentor, watching the, the son, the student, the mentee succeed is a greater blessing. I mean, that's another level of success. It's a whole level up from your own success. Right. Now you're multiplying your success in other people. I think, I think that jealousy is what got Lucifer in trouble. Yes. I think jealousy is what's gotten me off track more than once. Mm-hmm. I think when people leave your church to go to another church because it's newer and shinier, we, we do want to make them bad people for leaving right. rather than appreciating the fact that we, we serve a role in somebody's life, then they can hire us or fire us at will, if you will. Any given Sunday, they can go do anything they want to do. And, and we, we serve... Um, everybody, but we only have one master. And right. I, I think that's the balance is I, I'm here to serve anybody that shows up, but I only have one master and he's the one that tells me if I'm doing well or I'm, I'm doing poorly. And I think as long as you keep that in focus, which is not easy, but it's a, it's a reminder. Generally when I've gone off the rails, that's what I use to remind myself to come back on the rails is am I, am I good and faithful yeah. to my master? If I am, then let's let the chips fall where they may. And yeah, that's so good. That's so good, Jim. Hmm. What else do you got for us? That was three. Yeah, so here's the fourth one. Secure leaders can say no. Yeah, we talked about this, right, two, two our, weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was one or two weeks ago we talked about yeah. this. So we're, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but yeah. but um, the the ability to say no to the right things uh, are, or you might call it the wrong things. I'm not really sure what the right <laughs> phrase is there, but the ability to say no at, at the right moment. Yeah is a good indicator that you're operating uh, in insecurity. You know, yeah. you, you don't, when you're secure, you don't allow other people to set your calendar. Right. Set your priorities. Um, when you're secure, you, you, you don't get distracted yeah. from tasks that only you can do. Right. Um, it, it's, it's, I think it's stewardship. It, it, so, if I'm going to be a good steward of my calling, of the assignment God's given me, security is a really important part of that, Jim, because yeah. it, it allows me to say yes to the things that God is going to hold me accountable for. Right. God is not going to hold me accountable for something outside of my assignment. Right. And when I find myself operating outside of my assignment a lot, I think that's a signal yeah. that, okay, I'm, why can't I say no to this? 
Right. And, and a lot of times I think we could draw it back to our level of security or a deficit there. Yeah. So this, this, this topic of saying no has come up in the last three podcasts. It, that it, I guess it has, yeah. And, and the one just prior to that was talking about basically not burning out. And I think one of the reasons we burn out is we don't say no. We find ourselves expending energy we don't have to invest, right. grace that we don't have to give, gifts that we're, that aren't really our, ours to, you know, to that we don't have an abundance of them. Yep. And then we come back to what we're supposed to do and we fail where it really matters in our families, in our marriages, in our ministries, in our businesses. And and we go, man, I'm just not, I'm just not good at this. It's like, well, you are good at this. You're just not good at everything you've put your hand to, because several of them were not your grace. Yeah, that's really your gift. That's really good. Yeah, what's what's the last one? Our time's expiring on us here. Well, let me give you one more. Secure okay. leaders get their identity from God, and not people. Yeah. And we talk about identity. I think we may have talked about identity, Jim, more on this podcast than any other item or idea. Yeah. But it's that important to us. Um, if, if a secure leader does not allow his sense or her sense of value to rest upon how people respond to them. Yeah. Um, we, if a secure leader works from their identity, not for their identity. It's huge. And, and here's something I, I really want to make sure we all hear. Your calling can never deliver what only God can. Yeah. And that's a lasting sense of, of value and inner, yeah. that inner sense that I'm, I'm valuable. Yeah. The ministry will never deliver that to you your work in the in the corporate world will never deliver right. that for you and uh so when we look to god for our sense of value we build on a rock it's very secure right it's very right. steady because he never changes yeah. he, he, god is not flaky right so what do you think about that one I, you know one of the things we do here as often as we can is we ask somebody a question on a scale of one to ten being brutally honest rate your relationship with god right now mm. ten is the best it could ever be one is the worst it could ever be and rate it and what people generally do is somewhere around five to seven that's what be their thing and i'll say now take that number and throw it away that that really is not the purpose of the question the purpose of the question is to get you to realize that you're looking at your behavior and you're you're deciding what your relationship to God is based on what you've done, not what he's done for you. And I think that's one of the greatest traps, if you will, of, yeah. of a religious mindset is that if I do good, I am good. I, God loves those who do good more than those who don't do as, as good or don't do as well. And, I, and having that liberating understanding of adoption that he chose Absolutely. me to be his son now, I'm going to clean my room some days. I'm going to mow the lawn some days, and some days I'm not. It doesn't change my relationship with my adopted father. He's That's my right. father regardless of whether I clean or not. He's going to teach me to clean my room. He's going to want me to clean my room. He's going to want me to, to grow in maturity. But he adopted me because he chose me. He didn't adopt me because I, I showed some promise uh, that other children didn't. He, he looked into the orphanage of this world, pointed his finger at Jim Wiegand, and said, you, come here. Yeah. And that was my adoption into Christ. That's my born-again experience and testimony. I was not doing the best I could, and he said, I like that one more than a year ago. I would have never adopted him because he, he behaved badly. Right. I behaved badly to the moment he, I got saved. And then only then I kind of realized how badly I, I continue to behave because I have a God-conscious now instead of right. a whole world-conscious. So I, I would just say to people that are you know, trying to earn this. Like, it's time to relax and enjoy this. And yeah. I think the best change of behaviors comes out of a loving relationship. I no longer live as a single man because I'm in a happy marriage. I'm not afraid of my wife's lawyer. I'm not mm -hmm. afraid of the consequences. I, I wouldn't break her heart. 
That's why I don't cheat on my wife. Right. You know, those sorts of things become true. So I just would tell anybody if you're still trying to earn it, you're you've already you already you should be enjoying it a lot more than you are. And the change that you're longing for happens from that enjoyment, not from perfection that can't be achieved. Right. Yeah. Any any thoughts to wrap up this, John? I know our time has evaporated on this. Yeah, let me just give you one last thought. If we could circle back to King Saul, you know, he ended up losing everything. Right. And and one of the reasons was insecurity ran his life. Totally. Um, And we and we have no indication in Scripture that he ever asked God to help him with that character weakness. Now maybe he did, but we have no written note of him saying, "God, I need help with this. I'm I'm desperately insecure." Wow. and here's the good news today. We're not Saul. Yeah. We don't have to follow his mistake, repeat his mistake. So if you're leading an organization and you're struggling with insecurity, ask God for help. Yeah. He really wants to help with that. That's funny. His successor, David, wrote songs about how cruddy he was and how much he needed God's help. Yeah. <laughs> that's Isn't that something? Yeah. The difference between the guy that faked success and failed and the guy that un- that embraced his failures, but with not in the void of of God's love, like God's love is right. real, and that's what I'm counting on. Yeah, Good word, Don. Thank you. Uh, we're coming up, believe it or not, on a quarter century here of our podcast. 25 oh. is coming up next time around. I understand we're going to be doing something different. We're going to actually kind of tackle this as a four, As a, we're going to spend a month. We're going to spend four solid weeks. You just want to give us a little conversation about what what is that four weeks going to be centered on? So we're going to talk, Jim, about a preventive approach to mental and emotional health. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to start uh, in pod 25 by exploring uh, how to obey the most important commandment in the Bible. Right on. And in, in its full sense of the word, a full right. sense of that verse. And we're going to really focus on the last third of that, of that command, right. and that is to love ourselves. And, right. and we're going to discover why that is foundational to emotional fitness. Jim, it's so much easier to prevent emotional uh, a lack of emotional health than it is to cure it. It's Mm. a lot less expensive (laughs) to prevent it than it is to cure it. And and so we're going to, we're going to do four pods. The first uh, on the subject, but the first one is going to be about how do I, how do I love myself without becoming a self-centered narcissist? Right. And uh, what's the biblical view of that? And uh, hopefully it will be a, a, a help to our listeners. Well, that's coming up in one week and we look forward to it. And, as always, John, thank you for sharing this and, and giving us the ability now to share this with our friends, with our, our staffs, with our, our spouses, with people that we really believe this is going to help. So, again, put that comment down there, guys. Uh, share this anywhere you want. This is free, and we hope it helps as many people as you can connect with. And, John, thank you so much. We look forward to the next four weeks coming up, starting right now. Yeah, me too.